Ebullient greetings. I'm your host, Jackie Bird of Jackie Bird Spiritual Wellness, your guide to stress and anxiety relief, mindfulness, awareness, self-care, self-love, and personal growth. Welcome and thank you for joining me as we roll with peace in mind. Today's riff is Are You On The Right Train? Riding On The Urge. These episodes feature people who are doing their thing, they follow their heart and their passion, and they create how they want, what they want, when they want. And they are riding on the right train. Today's spotlight is Guillermo Martinez, indigenous instrument maker, craftsman, musician, teacher, and keeper of knowledge. As usual, I'm geeked up because, yeah, I have a guest. I'm going to read something before I have him introduce himself to you so that you understand one of the things that drew me to him. On his website, he says, My intention with every instrument I make is for it to open the heart of its user to help them transform on a very deep level. I'm honored to help people explore themselves through these sacred instruments. And without further ado, please introduce yourself and tell us where you're from. Hi, uh, my name is Guillermo Martinez. I live here in Orange County and I uh, have a studio and home here. And um, I'm a descendant of native peoples of uh, Mexico. Are you from Mexico or were you born in California where you currently residing? Actually, I was born in Mexico and uh, came here at the age of one. Wow. Now, what did your parents do? What type of profession were they in? My father was, uh, was a mechanic. You know, he worked, he worked at a, at a dealership in the Valley, San Fernando Valley in Glendale. Uh-huh. And my mother was like, you know, most moms stayed home and always feeding you and always <laughs> hugging you and, you know, and go clean the yard, take out the trash. Yeah. The days of chores. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> I remember those. So you create instruments. Was your interest born out of like what your dad did in terms of being a mechanic? A building well, it, it's it's a foundation for sure because you know I work with machines and I have to fix them, mm. I have to repair them. So that mechanic background helped me, you know, through high school and because most of my jobs were factory jobs. Interesting. And so, so to have a mechanical aptitude was very helpful. Wow. So was he your primary teacher in that regard? I used to go to work with him. My summers was not like every other kid stay home. I got up at six in the morning and went to work with him from probably the age of 12, 12 or 13. So when did music come into play? That, that happened when I was uh, probably, I was a teenager. My sister was very young. She was little, probably, you know, a 10 year old or nine year old. And uh, she asked me to take her to practice. And she was all dressed like in a skirt and she had little leggings on her ankles. And I go, well, what kind of dancing? Are you, what are you doing? He goes, I'm doing Aztec dance. Wow. And I went, what? <laughs> is this, this, is that a thing? <laughs> and then um, I said, and I had a Volkswagen bus. So I said, sure, I'll, it's, he says in LA. And I go, that's fine. And in those times you can go from the San Fernando Valley to downtown LA in about 20, 25 minutes. What? <laughs> I'm gagging. Wow. I can't imagine that. Yeah. So it was like, I thought no big deal. Nowadays, my little sister asked me to take her downtown LA. I said like, you know, no way. So um, 
yeah so i took her and i, w I wanted to check it out just you know she was young because she normally would go with my my younger brother so uh i want you to just go make sure it was safe that uh -huh. he was there i'm just not dropping her off right and as soon as i was walking in they had just started my little sister runs you know into the uh the gymnasium and i as soon as i walk in they just started so they blow on the conch shells and they're hitting the drums and you know actually i can probably replicate it oh thank you we're for a treat y'all mm. so i walk in and it's wow it just it like pierced my heart and, mm. and you know woke, woke me up like because these wow. drums are powerful you know, there's like three, four conscious going and I just like froze and I go like cellular memory just like woke, mm. activated and woke up mm. Mm. and said, mm. I just, and I just said, I got to do this. So I had just come from the beach. So I had shorts on and sandals. And, and um, so I just, uh, cause they were all dancing barefoot. So I just, okay. You jumped in? I just jumped in, I just got in. So I became a dancer and that, that led to the instruments to the drums and the, and then um, an older man that was in the group, he's probably long since passed. He was pretty old then, we're, you know, I was 20, so it's over 40 years ago. And um, he asked if I had a girlfriend. He goes, you're a good looking boy. Do you have a, you have a young lady or something? He goes, no, 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 no. I'm too shy. Oh. He goes, oh, let me tell you a story. And he told me a story of the, the cordy flute, the Native American flute. Mm. And then, um, and I go, wow, that's what I need. I just get one of those flutes and it does all that for you. Yeah. And so that's, that started me on the journey to get a flute. And um, that's when I met my teacher, Javier. You know what I just love when I talk to people and I ask them about their journeys and how they got started in creating or doing whatever it is that they're currently doing. There's always like this intuitive connection you know i just always felt like if you are so mental about stuff you you kind of miss sometimes what your calling is because you're not listening and so literally <laughs> you listen that conch the drums that that helped you awaken and i think that that's so incredibly beautiful so you never look back from that point it sounds like no no i i kept dancing you know, it was a, it was a spiritual path that put me on my mm. spiritual path. Once you become a, a, a cultural dancer like that, you start coming across other groups like Hopis and Apaches and and you know the Chumash or Lonies. You know, you start finding about like, hey, you know, we got invited to dance at this Chumash ceremony or, mm -hmm. or at the Morongo Casino. You know, at the Morong with the Morongo tribe before they even had the casino. You know, they had their traditional grounds. So we always get invited to those things. And so you start getting invited to ceremonies. You start learning about smudging, you learn about mm -hmm. sage, you learn about their style sweat lodges or nipis, and it just goes on and on and on. It's like layer upon layer upon layer. And so you start getting involved in ceremonies. Mm -hmm. And so then your dancing is part of that. You start to realize that, yes, you started dancing, but you know, now it's leading to other things. And then I got sidetracked a little bit with the, the flute. And then I was really passionate about that. And then I, I got involved with my teacher, Javier Quijas Chayot, which passed away last year. And, I'm um, so sorry. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are. To leave that kind of mark on of the humans is, 
is pretty yeah. special. He left, he left, he left a really big mark. Yeah, his thing was to to kind of because most people just focused on the dance, hmm. and there was not much focus on the instruments mm -hmm. because in old times, you know, it was like the whole community participated. It wasn't like there was, you know, some people stayed home, some people did ceremony, everybody did ceremony. Because, you know, you have to imagine these, those, those pyramid building cultures, like in mm -hmm. Maya cultures or the, yes. you know, the ones in Michoacán, the, the Purepuchas, the, the Aztec, the, the Mexica culture. Mm -hmm. You know, the children participated. There were schools that you would learn the ceremony. You would learn the dancing. Some people focused on the instruments because you would have like an orchestra. It wasn't all free for all. It was, you know, if, if you go to a Buddhist ceremony in Nepal, mm -hmm. you'll have dancers that come out and they're usually reenacting part of their mythology and there's instrumentations there. And the priests are the ones that kind of make sure that it's always in line and correct and you know things are followed and things are not forgotten i have become more interested and curious about my own native ancestry i was told as a child you know i had a, a princess moonbeam she was my great grandmother and they told me that she was of the iroquois tribe and i find out that it's a nation you know when i start to research i'm like oh man i felt even further away from being able to find out information about her. But my interest in that part of my ancestry has been growing over the years. So I'm looking on my Instagram feed and here you come <laughs> playing an extraordinary sound and I'm he hearing this flute and I'm just stopped in my tracks. And I wasn't thinking, I'm a sound healer, but I wasn't thinking in terms of having a flute. And I heard you playing and I looked at your website and the piece that I read from your website is what resonated with me further. And then what really did it was that you work with gemstones because I create with gemstones as well. So that really, really resonated with me. And you helped me through your tutorials and the information that you share about the culture and the tradition. I really take my hat off to those of you that keep it in the forefront of our minds, it's especially if you're looking to be the higher part of yourself, the more evolved part of yourself. These traditions in these teachings really help open you up to that. And so I really wanted to tell you that I appreciate what you share with us. And actually, Guillermo, I want you to just explain what it is that you do, because we've bounced around about the music and the dance and the this and the that. What do you do? All right. So with my teacher, he had this vision of trying to reclaim the best way possible, you know, because, you know, when this, the Spanish came over 500 years ago, they did a really good job of separating us from everything. So they took away our language, our identity, anything that would remind us of our, how powerful we are as humans. Yes. So my teacher said, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna bring the instruments back. That's important because that's the way we communicate to the natural world, the heartbeat of the earth, mm. the heartbeat of the mother. how we determine life, if we have a pulse, 
And just like that, they took it away. It took away our, our voice to our mother, our connection. Mm. And they were able to introduce other things then. You know, they were able to introduce the Catholicism and, yes. you know, language. You know, they just started, just started taking everything away. So the drums is what connects us to earth, to the mm -hmm. foundation. It's our heartbeat. You know, the, the rattles, they represent like the middle world. It's where we communicate to, to plants, to the plant people, to the trees, to mm -hmm. the insects, and to the four-leggeds, the animal spirit, you know, the, well, you know, the four-leggeds, the animals. And then the flutes represent upper world. So these, these instruments represent three levels of creation. The lower world, our foundation, the middle world, and the upper world. And so, you know, when he saw that it was missing because in the dance, he was just drumming in dance, mm, mm. which is just a form of, it's a one of the forms of prayers, but there is also singing. Right. There is also, you know, meditation. There is also um, the music. There is also uh, theater, reenacting, dressing up, putting on regalia, representing the different elements of nature, you know, chalk, you know, the, the thunder god or or the you, the sun, you know, Tiscalipoca, uh, the dark, the dark Lord, mm -hmm. all these different parts of our spirituality. And so little by little, we started bringing it back. And now I'm happy to say that if you go to ceremony, you'll, you'll see some of the, the youth, you know, playing mm -hmm. the flutes and, you know, now incorporating the ceremony. And a lot of it was gone. So we're kind of, you know, have to, you know, bring a lot of the young people are actually tr trying really hard and going to old manuscripts and and, uh, oh, awesome. and they're bringing back the ceremonies. And, you know, now they're what they call Kapulis, which is the school. You know, it's where you would go to learn the dances, their names, the patterns. What are the things that are important in the ceremony? And also now you can you can take classes and learn the, the traditional language. One of the I mean, there's many, but one one of the important ones, which is the Nahuatl language. I'm sorry, which, what is the, the name of the language? Nahuatl. Nahuatl? Yeah, it's the language that was spoken by the Mexicas. It's, uh, it would be a lot like, like English now, uh -huh. like a trade language. Uh huh. You know, we use it to, like, for me to communicate with you and to communicate with people listening. Yeah. So it's, it's like a tool in a way. So that's why, you know, when um, I was raised speaking Spanish for a long time, you know, I just identified as Mexican mm. and the things that came with that. And then you find out later that a lot of it is what I identified with is not really who I am. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a Spaniard. I'm not, you know, I'm not a, a Latin person. Because mm. I'm not Latino because I'm, I'm not from Italy or Spain or Portugal, which is, mm -hmm. you know, those Latin-based cultures or mm -hmm. French. Those are the, the Latin. And um, so, yeah, it's just learning about myself and the truth. You know, nowadays people want to be politi politically correct. So, you know, I could say I'm a Native North American, which, you know, that's my bloodline. And um, a lot of the instruments I do and that's it. That's it. I became um, Tlamistani. You know, I'm a, 
like a teacher. You know, I'm a, yes. like a keeper of knowledge. I, yes. The knowledge I keep is the, the making of these instruments and how to play them. And so each person has to kind of find a way to interpret it themselves. We're not going to go back and, and play these instruments exactly like they did 800 years ago, a thousand years ago. Mm. You know, that's that's kind of gone. You know, the, mm -hmm. the colonization took care of that. Right. I mean, right. but we do have, I do feel that we do have like deep ancestral memory yes. within ourselves. So yes. I think if you meditate and maybe you'll get, you'll get a teaching or you'll get something something will come through from the past been sitting here listening to you with just chills up and down my spine and i tell people if you want to know truth just feel just feel what's going on in your body when you are receiving yeah. information from someone if you've got tingling going on throughout your body you know you are hearing truth i mean i would love to learn some dance and some song and what do you suggest well um First of all, I want to, before I forget, I do want to say that, yes, when you hear truth, your body feels it. But you always feel when someone's really humble and very truthful. Absolutely. And to answer your question, well, first of all, I would just get involved with any local indigenous people in your area. Because, you know, if you do have indigenous ancestry, your ancestors will just be happy that you're participating in a mm. ceremony. Part of the ceremony is realizing that you are connected to all things, all beings, all peoples, and they just be happy with that. You're not thinking just about yourself. You're not being materialistic. You're, you know, the indigenous people have certain beliefs, like the belief of giveaway about ownership is transitional. It's like, you know, there's like the ownership of land and, and, how sometimes I even see people like thinking they own yeah, their children. Oh boy. And so it's like not letting a child find themselves. You know, if all children were allowed to see all the different world religions and then make a, and make a choice. Okay. I want to be religious or I want to be yes. spiritual or, so I think, you know, get involved mm -hmm. with indigenous communities, you know, in your local area. And it, once you get in the loop of the ceremonial circuit, I mean, right now it's kind of on pause. You know, if you get an opportunity to do, um, you know, a ceremony with the Wichol Indians or or participate with the Hopis or mm -hmm. whatever, that's all great. But also, I would even go as far as to like, when I'm extended to do uh, ceremonies with Buddhists, mm -hmm. like in Japan or somebody from Mongolia mm -hmm. in the UK or Siberian shamans, mm -hmm. you know, from Russia. I just participate and mm -hmm. I bring what I can. And but I also look and I listen and I always observe certain things that are always kind of common. Like there's a commonality with through all these these ceremonial uh, directions. And I borrow. You know, if I see a Shinto practice that I like and I feel and I resonate with this, I think, yeah, I think mm -hmm. I would like to do that. I would like to have that in my in my home. So I bring it with me and I try to, you know, ask as much as I can and, and try to do it as, you know, to the mm -hmm. best of my ability, you know, it's probably not perfect, but, but the intention's always important. Yes. Yes. Cause ceremony is ceremony, mm -hmm. whether you're doing it with hundreds of Japanese or doing it with Druid people in, in the UK, 
it's um yeah i meant to ask you this previous to this interview if you wouldn't mind before we part would you play something for us sure okay oh I, there are a couple of things i want to ask you the name of your company and please say the name it's how go up music please tell us what that means and why did you choose that okay kesal god is in the nahuatl language it means feathered serpent now he was he was a prophet he was like a like a buddha or like okay. a christ so he was like the the buddha of native american people especially of the of mexico and the southwest and um they say that before then you know most offerings were blood offerings and and were mm -hmm. quite cruel in nature and when he came he he had a peaceful you know peaceful approach supposedly he also taught the native people the growing of corn he taught them poetry he taught them music he taught them dance so he brought like all these things that were uh like the humanities that we would determine like the the foundation of a culture right. So when Hernan Cortez came, it was supposedly when when Quetzalcoatl was to return. Hmm. He came the year that he was prophesied to return. So when they they greeted him, they greeted him with the clothing and the vestments of Quetzalcoatl. Wow. And so all he saw was like gold and silver and yeah. you know all the precious these beautiful things and and so he took it you know in the wrong way obviously. Yeah. Cause he said, I'm gonna take advantage of this. But anyways, so that's why I chose the name Quetzalcoatl because he's like the patron deity of music and dance and the arts. And that's why I chose that. Wow. I mean, there's there's a lot, you can go really in depth with Quetzalcoatl. I mean, there's there's books about it. And um, I have friends that really, you know, are quite knowledgeable. And they can they can go into a lot of they can talk for hours on Quetzalcoatl. I have a flute and I also have a double-sided elk drum. What other instruments do you create? Well, when I was doing my teaching with my my teacher Javier, I learned we learned to make I learned to make about 200 different instruments. Wow. <laughs> okay, what do you specialize in now? Well, right now I just I just do the the things that most people can handle. Okay. So, you know, we're doing the the hand drums, the rattles, and the flutes, which are part of the trilogy. Yes. But then there's these other, you know, unique little instruments mm. that have, you know, a special purpose. And uh, I guess one of them recently is that the ocean drum. I almost fell out of my seat when I saw that drum, when I heard that drum, because I have an ocean drum and I bought mine in Colombia my first introduction to those drums and I just thought it was amazing but that drum that you oh my gosh yeah yeah those are those are unique now I remember my teacher making one and it's like and I go what are you making he goes you'll see and I'll go back like what are you making now you'll see <laughs> kept, and then finally he puts it together and then um yeah, I made some improvements on it though, for sure. Because of my engineering background, I figured, yeah, it's 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 pretty amazing. 
So folks, you gotta, first of all, you need to follow him, Guillermo on Instagram so that you can see what he does and hear, and also look at his YouTube as well, because he does tutorials and, oh, and he has a flute. Oh my. This is one of my favorite little flutes. This is a really, this is a really old flute. This is probably 25 wow. years old. And it's made out of a really beautiful flamed mahogany. And it's, I don't know the color, if you can, I don't know if people are watching this. Well, is it just audio? It will be both. Right now it'll be audio. So can you describe it for um, the audience? Yeah, this is kind of like based on the, the really early flutes with the bird head on the end. It's got the head with the open beak. And this is based on like what I call the first flute. Wow. And uh, this I got from a really famous furniture maker. He wanted me to make him a flute and he wanted a flute out of this material. And I've never seen wood like this ever before. And this was a piece that was left over from the project and I made myself wow. one. And this is one I use mm -hmm. in performance. When I perform this, I've been using this for, I use it for all my recordings and it hasn't changed. The tuning is like phenomenal. Mm. And, but it's really high, but there's something about, even though it's very high, it's not, it's not irritating. What is next for you? Well, I'm, I'm going to do a tutorial line uh, for like, uh, for Patreon, mm -hmm. the making of certain instruments. You know, um, some things I'm kind of like hesitant about because, you know, um, I've been teaching a lot, you know, like hand drum classes, you know, where you would come and study with me and, you know, in a group environment. But if I put it on Patreon, I feel like it just might get out of, mm -hmm. out of hand. You know, uh, it'd be out of my control. Right. Really. Right. And but some things, you know, I don't mind like, yeah, this one, this one's fine. You know, whoever wants to give this a try, mm -hmm. you know, have at it. Because I think it's important for people to make things, to create. Because yes. I come from a, a teaching background. I, when my kids were young, they went to a Waldorf school mm -hmm. and I was I was a teacher there. So we learned to to be respectful of like to treat children as 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 human yes. beings. And you're just basically nurturing young these small children into becoming, you know, beautiful human beings. And that's where I learned that, you know, the power of the hands. We can either create or yes. destroy. Which do you choose? Guillermo, thank you so very much for your time and the information that you have shared with us. Thank you so very much. No problem. Unfortunately, I was unable to bring you the magnificent playing of Guillermo Martinez because the sound, when he stepped away from the microphone to play, unfortunately the sound was going in and out and it was very, very difficult to hear. And so I opted not to include that in this episode, but you can hear him on his YouTube channel and you can definitely hear him on his Instagram. And those are in the show description. So make sure you get over there and check them out. I hope that you enjoyed that and was thoroughly, thoroughly inspired and uplifted by what you heard. If you are in a situation 
currently that is unfulfilling to you, be it a job or a career you've been pursuing, and you feel like there's something else that you really want to do or you already know what that is, get quiet. Sit still, breathe in and out deeply, and begin to envision what that is that you wish to create. And remember, there's nothing too big. It's only small ideas. Think big and write that down. What is it that you wish to create? Write it down, put it in your phone, speak it out loud to people that are supportive of you. And go for it, go for it. Don't delay. Start now, even if you plot in your mind what your escape plan is going to be. But go for it. This life is meant to be lived to the fullest. Take advantage. No matter what is happening in your life right now, there can always be room to create more. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to visit JackieBirdSpiritualWellness.com. Join my mailing list. I have audiobooks, guided meditation videos, and audio and meditation music, everything for inspiration and to help you relieve stress, increase your mindfulness and awareness and presence. And remember to always roll with peace in mind.